OmegaMetroid.com is here. We're so proud to finally share our website with you, giving Metroid fans a dedicated Metroid one-stop shop for the latest news, fan creations, walkthroughs, maps, and of course, the latest episodes of the Omega Metroid podcast. That's not all. If you'd rather listen on YouTube, you can check out episodes there. And if you really want to take your Omega Metroid experience to the next level, consider supporting us on Patreon. You'll get access to special Discord roles, a platform on the website to promote your projects, exclusive bonus shows, and so much more. Memberships start at just as little as $1 a month. OmegaMetroid.com is the source of all this great content. So whether you're a new Metroid fan or a series veteran, OmegaMetroid.com is the place for you. Check out OmegaMetroid.com today. Omega Metroid podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri, reunited with Kiwi Talks. Kiwi, how are you, my friend? Uh, we got we're we're across the world from each other, but this beautiful series bringing us together. Good to have you back on the show. Likewise, likewise. I uh, wish it hadn't been over other M, but hey, it's okay. <laughs> you know what? You're gonna after this show, you mark my words, buddy. You're gonna be like, wow. This was great, and I would play this game that you have constructed for me. Okay. I, I guarantee you, you're going to say that. Okay, that's pretty confident stuff. So we'll see. I I feel pretty confident. I'm not going to lie. So we have, a, we have a really special show today, and yes, we are talking about the most controversial, talked about, never out of the conversation Metroid game, Metroid Other M, and... Uh, I think that, that maybe before we get to the gist of today's show, which is essentially rewriting the game's story while using the same basic premise to make it a much more complete narrative, I think that we should touch back on um, some comments that came out from earlier this week where, you know, Reggie fils has been doing his his uh, press tour for his new book, Disrupting the Game, which, by the way, I started reading last night. Have you had a chance to read that at all, Kiwi? I've read some of it. I plan on listening to the whole audiobook when I go to India, um, probably late next month, so I'll probably do the whole thing then. But, yeah, I've, it's good. It's really good so far. It, it's really good, but I, I don't know. It, it's definitely more of like a book on how to succeed in business versus like, a book that I think a lot of Nintendo fans might have been hoping for, where it's like, we're looking for secrets about Nintendo developmental and stuff. There is a little bit of that from what I've read so far, but um, it's mostly just a book on how to approach the world of business and, and just kind of navigating your way through that. But still a very fascinating read, I would say. Yeah. yeah definitely worth picking up. I think so. And to be perfectly honest, business and management will probably help you more in your day-to-day -day life than finding out all Nintendo's secrets. So... Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. 
So I'd, I'd still read it or listen to it. Depending there's on There's a it. lot of people that wanted the dirt. So there's not really a whole lot of dirt in this book, unfortunately. But there is a lot of, like, just really kind of cool insight from arguably one of, like, the, the most prolific, like, president CEOs that I can think of um, in the last 15 years. So obviously not the most, but I think he's up there. But, uh, yeah, so while Reggie was doing his his press tour and promoting his book, he showed up on the Kinda Funny Gamecast, and um, they were talking about some some titles that you know maybe didn't quite didn't quite land the way that uh, that everyone had anticipated. And and actually, Reggie brought up Metroid Other M kind of un um, unannounced. He he brought it up himself. And actually, the the quote, the exact quote was hilarious. He's like, I don't know if you remember that game because I think that everybody <laughs> remembers that game. <laughs> But uh, I'm going to read you the quote here, Kiwi, and I, I want you to kind of react and, and give your two cents to what he said. So, yeah, sure. Reggie said, quote, um, I really thought that this was going to be a defining moment for the Metroid franchise. It was giving much more of a perspective about Samus. I really thought that was going to be a killer moment in the franchise's history, and it wasn't. It didn't deliver, not the business result. It really didn't touch the player we hoped it would. Interestingly, I was in a large group meeting, a strategy meeting with Iwata and Miyamoto and the game developers, and we talked about why not. I was always the brash American. I was the one who would say what I believed was truth and try to help the business move forward. The point I made to the developers was it took too long to get to the meat and potatoes of the game. The first five hours of the game, you kind of plotted around. There wasn't a lot of payoff. There wasn't a lot of dialogue, and I'm sure I pissed people off in the room. But the learning here was that the player wants to get into this much faster. What do you make of that uh, reflection from from Reggie? First of all, on the fact that he thought, as did it seems a lot of other people, that this would be a big moment for the series. Well, he's and not wrong. Second of all, well, he's <laughs> not wrong. Definitely not. Um, so react to the first part and then react to what he thought was the game's biggest problem because I think that I'm not sure that either of us agree with that. No, there's elements of it that I would say are on the right track, but when you talk about defining moment or killer moment, probably not the best words to use because, yes, they were those things, but in in the wrong context. Uh, it was a defining moment, and it kind of killed the franchise for a period of time, or it seemed like it killed the franchise. And I think there's a lot bigger issues than merely just the pacing at the beginning of the game and not getting yeah. into the 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 nitty-gritty of it there's so many more problems than that but i will say reggie is pretty good at spin he was always good at that when when um he was in charge of nintendo of america like if you watch journalists and how they try to trap him he'd always be able to flip it spin it he would have been a good lawyer <laughs> Well, hey, that's true. Um, I agree with you. I, I agree because I think I. You know what? I wonder. I wonder, Kiwi, if like I wonder if Reggie and all those guys were sold on the premise of Other M and not really the actual like what we know the game to be. Because I have always maintained. That I think that the premise of Other M isn't really that bad. I think it's actually kind of an, an interesting premise. And I wonder if they were like sold on that premise and that's why everyone had such confidence in the game. Because, you know, I, I just, I, I think that 
I don't know. It, it seems almost unfathomable that everyone was just like, yeah, this is awesome, and this is what Metroid players want, and this is going to elevate the franchise and stuff like that. Um, it's it's really, I don't know. It, it almost seems like, what game were you looking at? Because you weren't looking at the other M that we know. But I think maybe if they were just fed the premise of the game, then maybe they could arrive at that conclusion. But, but I don't I, think I, they I agree did. With you. I, yeah, I don't think they did though. I don't think they were sold the premise because, and this this goes from talking to various developers, right? Particularly at Nintendo. So Nintendo usually works on prototypes. So they actually prototype gameplay first before a premise or a story or anything. That actually comes later right. in the process. So in this case, they would have been sold on something gameplay related is my thinking. Like maybe Sakamoto had an idea, but Team Ninja would have done something in terms of like, like some sort of prototype, right? Because if you think about even Mercury Steam, they sold Sakamoto on a on a Fusion remake demo, from what I understand. Right. Yeah. So I don't know what the, I don't know what that prototype was, and if it was sold on a premise, that's that's even worse. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I mean i don't know i mean you, what you said makes sense you're probably right where yeah you know i could just see them pitching the idea that like we're gonna play this game with a sideways wiimote and i don't know i guess uh the the sales pitch must have been good put it that way but uh where where i disagree with reggie he says that he believes the issue to be is that the game took too long to get going and that you know there was a lot of plotting and waiting around i i don't necessarily disagree with that in that the opening of the game does feel like it takes a long time to get to but i think that the real problem there if you if you peel the onion back a little bit deeper is that in the first five hours there's just like a lot of really questionable dialogue and character decisions and stuff like that and that immediately puts players on kind of like this I don't know, defensive or just like it disorientates them because it's like, what? Who is this? Is this the Samus I know? Or, and, and you know, even that setting with a lot of the cutscenes and stuff like that was was very foreign. So I guess you know, on one hand, I do disagree with him, but I think it was more to do with like the actual content within the opening five hours that was so off-putting for players. Um, because I think if you delivered like good cutscenes, engaging characters, storyline beats, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you might. Like, you might have something there, but I don't know. It's interesting to hear his assessment, because I don't know, really, that I that I agree with him. But I can't say that I, like, completely disagree with him either. But pacing, to me, wasn't the, wasn't the big issue for Metroid Other M. Well, even if there was pacing issues, like, Twilight Princess has terrible pacing. But it's still a good game. Horrible. Th yeah. Thank you for saying that, yeah. by the way. God, the opening to that game, if you had never played Twilight Princess, you were in Ordon Village for like three hours, I bet you. Yeah. Outrageous. Totally. So pacing can be an issue. But I remember playing the game and thinking, okay, this is going to get better at some point. And I just kept playing and playing. And I'm like, nope, it's not getting better. This is still lame. Uh, so... Yeah, pacing is part of the issue, but then I'm also wondering what Reggie's thought process is in terms of the Metroid franchise and what it represents. Like, I'm wondering, did he get time to play it before it even got released? Or did he just get it at the end? I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. 
I, I think that, you know, I, I think that for me, I'm going to be a little bit more kind to other M because I, I, there is a point where I feel like the game actually gets like kind of fun. And that is, that's kind of the point at the end of the game when you have almost all of your items and you're going back and sweeping the board and collecting all your missiles and stuff like that. And conversely, that's the point in the game where you don't really have a lot of story going on. Like the story is mostly done and it's mostly like taken place already. Um, but yeah, it, it is interesting because like, again, I, I don't think that the idea of diving into the character of Samus and what makes her tick is like a bad idea. It's just that I think that the execution wasn't there. So that's where I can see like, if they were if they were sold on this premise, like we're gonna we're gonna you know dive into the psyche of Samus and and her emotional state after the planet Zebus and and explore that. Like I I actually don't think that that sounds horrible. It's just like you know you can you can say that you're gonna do it, but then you have to do it well. And I I'm not sure that they did. Yeah, and with a character like Samus that had very little backstory, the problem is with that is players in their own mind have their own interpretation of what samus should be so i think with that sort of thing you have to roll out her personality slowly over various games rather than just going wham here's her entire backstory and personality and everything that she is because i remember playing that and i was like this is not samus at all and i'm like this is just some lame knockoff right. attempt at trying to uh emulate samus I just well, I, I think the most offensive part for me was the Ridley cutscene. Oh, that was and, horrible. And, the, and that was really bad. But like, it, it it was bad because it didn't have to be bad. Like, again, like I don't think that the thought process behind Samus being like terrified, I guess for lack of a better word, that this arch rival of hers that she finally thought was defeated forever is back. Like, I don't think that's like the worst premise either. But the way that it was executed is just like man, this is, this is really rough, you know? And, and I'm not saying that, like, I don't know. I, I agree with you where, like, I when I first played Metroid Fusion, it was a little bit startling to see Samus talk so much um, because, you know, I'd, I'd grown up with Super Metroid, Metroid, Metroid 2. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think that they could have, they could have done it in a good way, but they, I, I feel like they just kind of took a wrong step at every possible point that they could. Yeah, Which, they should have zagged. Yeah. They should have zagged when they zigged. Yes, exactly. Um, but Kiwi, my friend, uh, I'm gonna zig today. Okay. Because I rewrote the entire story of Metroid Other M within the same premise. So I didn't really rewrite it. A lot of the elements are very very similar, but I I zigged instead of zagged, and I think that I've come to. A better overall story. So um, I'm going to read you my story here. And you can you can kind of chime in whenever you want. Cut me off and, and say like if you're buying this. If you're selling this. But uh, I, I think that using the parameters that Other M has laid out. I think that this story is the best that it could possibly be. And I know that there's people out there that are just like. Well the best way to do the story is to not have it told. Or the best way to do it is to like completely change the setting. <laughs> But I feel like that's part of the challenge and what made it a little bit fun is like taking the, you know, salvaging this story out of the framework that Other M laid out. So, okay. are, I guess, are you ready? Are you ready to hear what I have come up for you, my friend? I'm I'm scared 
but um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm optimistic at the same time. This is your moment okay, to shine, I, Andy. I should I should probably <laughs> I should probably get no pressure. I should probably say, have you seen the movie Alien? Yes, yes, of course. Okay, I was gonna say I feel like we've all probably seen Alien. Well, we actually did a, a podcast last week about Alien, and uh, it's probably no surprise that I ripped off a lot of alien for this for this premise of other m because i mean if it ain't broke don't fix it right and metroid has already kind of ripped off a lot of what alien was was doing so that being said you can definitely tell that i wrote this after watching alien for last week's show but i'm going to give you the at the general premise i think of other m and you can tell me if you think that this is like the premise or not but this is the premise that i worked with so okay the premise of other m goes like this Samus, emotionally reeling following the events of Zebus, answers a distress call on a mysterious Galactic Federation ship where she meets her old commanding officer and learns of a sinister conspiracy involving Galactic Federation-made biological weapons, all while dealing with a traitor amongst the ranks trying to keep the conspiracy a secret. Does that sound like a fair summarization of the premise to Other M? Yes, yep, I would agree. Okay, so boiling it down to that sentence, we're going to go back from uh, from 100 yards, and we are going to rewrite some of the key mistakes. I'm I'm excited here, and I I hope I can convince you to buy this game at the end of uh, at the end of it. And by the way, um, let's just assume, okay, because I, I'm I'm talking about like general story beats, but like let's just assume that the acting is good and the voice acting is good. And you know what I mean? Like, let's just assume that that stuff is, is at least passable. Okay. 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 So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to uh, imagine right. that. And it's, it's quite hard. Um. Yeah. Cause I mean, like even, even my, even my story draft, if, if we have, and I have never met her, I've never talked to her. I'm sure she's a nice lady, but if we have Jessica Martin doing the same kind of voiceover work as she did, as, as she was instructed to do, let me be clear. For Metroid Other M, this probably isn't going to work. But so let's just assume that you know this is this is a quality recording. But let's get this game started off. And you know what? We are going to change something right away off the very bat because one thing that I do not like about Metroid Other M is that Samus randomly bumping into Adam feels way too random, way too coincidental. So. We are going to manufacture this meeting. So we're going to start this game off. And Samus, she's going to be alone in her ship, okay? And she is going to be quietly reflecting of the loss of the baby Metroid. And wondering if family is something that she can ever have. Or if she has just chosen a life that constantly puts her by herself. And in this moment, she calls a former commanding officer, a father figure to her... Adam Malkovich and Adam answers and he is out on a top secret mission and they have kind of a nice chat and this is where you can see a flashback that will detail the history of Adam and Samus and their relationship and then they can just end the call shortly after Adam will send Samus a distress missile that says SOS don't trust anyone and the coordinates of the bottle ship and that is how Samus lands on the bottle ship so or that's how she learns where the bottle ship is so we have fixed a problem already where they just randomly meet and uh, now we have a reason and a purpose for that 
and we can get the the backstory going at the same time. What do you think so far? Are you are you are you with me here? Some parts, some parts. I'm I'm already getting a bit of a. Ooh, I'm not sure. Uh, this meeting between Adam and Samus initially. Are we obviously? I'm I'm guessing this is an intro cutscene. This I think that this could be an intro cutscene. Okay, now. how how have... how long are these cutscenes? Well, this is kind of what I mean when I say, like, let's just assume that the writing is good and, like, the performance is good. Because I think that you can get this across in, like, I don't know, like, not a, like, a, a reasonable amount of time, right? Because, like, you just have a few quiet minutes of Samus and then she video calls Adam and he answers and then they, they chat for a minute. So, like, I don't know, maybe, let's say, let's say five minutes tops, which I feel like isn't that outrageous to start a video game. Yeah. Even a Metroid game. The problem is because Adam is not involved at all in Super Metroid. It's like where where was he all before this? Well, during uh, Samus Returns, don't know about him. Sure. Zero Mission, you never hear about him. So it just seems um, pretty random. Hey, I'm just well, going to call this guy that I never called before at Super Metroid or Samus Returns. I'm trying not to say Metroid hey, 2. Hey, listen, I, I don't disagree, you know. I don't disagree inherently, but he's he's part of the framework of Other M, so we gotta... We gotta we include gotta him. keep him in. And what we what we can do is, like, one thing that Other M did establish is that him and Samus had a falling out after what happened with uh, Adam's brother. What was his name? Ian Malkovich or something like that? So oh, I don't, that even, be, I don't that even remember. Be... That's how lame it was. Okay, so for everyone that doesn't remember... <laughs> Adam ordered like the self-destruct of, of a ship or something that his own brother was on because it was to save the lives of everyone else. So we can we can relay that and Samus can say like, we had this falling out, we haven't talked in years, but I feel like after the loss of this baby Metroid, uh, I have I just I want some semblance of a family and this guy's the closest thing I have to family, so I at least want to call him. I, I think that that's like a, an okay premise. Okay, yes, yes. Okay, so let's let's continue here. So Samus is in her ship, and she's preparing to land on the bottle ship, and all of a sudden, the bottle ship's defense tur turrets start firing on her, damaging the ship, and causing Samus to crash hard onto the bottle ship. And guess what? This strips Samus of all of her powers. Now, now, I know that the whole, like, we've crashed and Samus loses all of her powers is, is a little bit old hat, but I mean, like, it, this beats the hell out of the authorization. <laughs> oh, gimmick, totally, right? <laughs> totally. And I'm down for that. Like, that's yeah. the least important part. Like, her losing her abilities. It's about, yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I know, you know, I know it's kind of made a, a little bit of a big deal, but uh, come on. I mean, there's, there's, there's worse things to focus on than that. Yeah, she loses her abilities, but... Uh. Yeah. I just, like... It's like Zelda always me, being rescued in every game. You know, it's just one of those things that's just staple of the series. Like, I I think that the authorization thing was one of the most offensive things about Other M. I really do, because it was just like, it doesn't make any sense. Like how she would it. There's that one scene where Anthony's getting beat up by, um, the fire boss, yeah. and it's like. You have your your what I don't even remember what power up it was, but it's like use it. I think it was super missile, like, wasn't know? it? I can't I can't remember. But S it was like so that. bad. It was so bad. I was I was thinking I, I there was, was no really logical thought to this. Either either and, and then, either Sakamoto had a whole bunch of yes men, 
and he was like, yes, this is a great idea, and everyone just agreed with him, or they really did not think this thing through in terms of the authorization thing. That I am totally on board with that. That is one of the worst aspects of that game. I thought it was it was horrible. And and then like at the end of the game when Samus just like authorizes her own <laughs> screw attack yeah. use, it's just like this is bad. You know, like this this whole idea was just not a good idea. So I know that there might be some people rolling their eyes about Samus losing her abilities at the beginning of the game, but guess what? Uh, I think it's better than authorization. And, like, one of the things about Other M is that whenever you beat a boss, you really don't acquire anything. Yeah. Like, you don't get anything. Totally. So I, I think that this also helps with that. Yeah, I mean, when, when I spoke to Mike Wicken, right, he talk, talked about gameplay ramping. So once you beat a boss, yeah. you get a new item, and then you're able to play around with that item for a bit. If you beat a boss and there's no... There's nothing that you get, you don't attain anything you don't feel like you've earned anything, then it's kind of lame. I, I totally agree. Um, and, and you know what? I, like, I didn't plan out this story draft to incorporate gameplay very much, but if you really wanted to, I mean, you're on a, you're on a, a Galactic Federation ship that's making weapons. Like, you know, you could, you could download the, the stuff like you do in Fusion, or you could find it just kind of, you know what, whatever. Like, I, as anything I think would be better than authorization. I really do. Totally. I agree. Okay, so Samus has crash-landed. Her ship needs some time to self-repair, and eventually she finds up and meets Adam's strike team. So, Adam tells her, he pulls her aside, and he says, Listen, someone tripped off the self-destruct sequence on our own ship, so they are stranded on the bottle ship. Adam suspects foul play and confides in Samus that he thinks that the traitor is amongst his ranks. Samus codenames this traitor the deleter so i i don't know about you kiwi but i really liked the deleter like storyline yeah i thought that that was a cool gimmick from other m and it was another one that was never really followed up on it had no payoff but i'm gonna give it some payoff in my story but i i thought that that was a cool story thread i don't know about you yeah i actually do uh i totally forgot about it but yes it was a good story thread it's just yeah there was no payoff nothing even happened at the end I think, I mean, who is the deleter? I can't even remember who the deleter was. Exactly. Exactly. They never explicitly say who the deleter was. They they infer that it was James Pierce, um, but they never outright say it, and you don't really get to fight him, and he's killed off screen, and it sucks. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's no, there's no other way to say it. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, but but don't you worry, Kiwi. We're gonna we're gonna have some good times with the deleter here. That that's so, that's a that's a a classic example of good idea, bad execution. Yes, totally. I hundred percent agree. Yeah. So Samus's ship needs time for auto repairs. Adam's ship has been blown up. They are stranded on this clearly hostile ship, and with nothing else with no other options, they decide to press forward on their mission, which Adam will not share what it is. This is a top secret mission. Um, so what we can do here, and keep in mind, this isn't like the opening, like segment of the game, right? So it's, it's still very early, but what we can do is at least get to see a little bit of Adam's team before, you know, before they're all killed. Um, cause I think that almost everybody doesn't make it out. So like we can get to know James a little bit. We can get to know, uh, the other guy. I don't even remember Lyle a little bit. 
Anthony, of course, we know quite well, um, and Adam. And I think there's another guy that I can't even remember his name. But, you know, these guys are obviously going to be, you know, a lot of them are here to be killed. So at, at least we can know them a little bit so that we that we care, like, slightly about them. Like, I, I go back and I'm, I'm watching Alien last week, and it's like, you didn't know, like a lot of the characters super super well but well enough that it was like oh man i don't i don't want captain dallas to die or i didn't want this i didn't want the alien to get this guy or whatever so i think that just a little scene would go a long way with uh with this unit as well because to your point it's like which one is a deleter who is like what is anyone's name here right mm. and one of the the good things about alien is you have the camaraderie between all the people on the ship right so yeah and that's where dialogue is quite important. So you need to have, yeah, yeah, you have those story threads, but if you have uh, multiple people interacting with each other, that's a good good way to show that person. And it gives the player a chance to attach themselves or identify with the character. So yeah. you definitely need to, and the thing is with video games over film is you're not confined to say two hours. You've got a period of, however long the game is i think metroid other m is what 20 hours i think uh i mean maybe if you're playing for the first I, i'd say you could you, you have if you weren't if you weren't speed hours. running it if you were just taking your time with it um not even getting 100 yeah. percent all collectibles uh but yeah or, or, what 10 to 20 hours maybe 15 somewhere and you could kill yeah, you could kill there. off the characters within the first five maybe i'm um, yeah yeah i, I agree mm. Um, and I, I think one other thing that I would do as well is like really kind of lean into, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, not stereotype, but like the, the archetype, like this guy is like the hacker, you know, this guy is the weapons guy. Yes. This guy is the sniper or like something like that. Like have them like very clearly, like this is what they do on this team. This is, this is who they are. So like, even if you don't necessarily remember Lyle's name, you're just like, okay, well, like, this guy is the sharpshooter or something like that, right? Yeah, I agree. Sharpshooter. Nice Bret Hart reference. I like it. Anyway, keep going. Uh, you know, I just did a, a Patreon episode talking about some Bret Hart matches, BT-dubs. Nice. Virtualtheater.com. Yeah, check it out. Um, so, yeah, so I think that the team together proceeds um, a little bit further ahead and eventually, you can get to, like, your first boss in the game or something like that. And then something happens and the team is forced to split up. Or maybe maybe they get divided or separated somehow. Um, but it's obviously very early on in the game. We can still be in communication with Adam and some of the other team members every now and then. But this is how you segue Samus by herself and really kind of start to have this feel like a more traditional Metroid game. But I do think that, you know, you could... You know the opening of Super Metroid where there's no enemies or anything and it's all it's kind of creepy and then when you get the morph ball all the enemies come out. Mm. I think you could almost do that <clears throat> in Metroid Other M. You have no enemies until you get to the first boss. So like you have the the entire team with you, you're getting to know them a little bit. There's some camaraderie there. Something happens, the team splits up, Samus is by herself. Now we're now we're ready to really rock and kick this Metroid game off. Okay, but from a story perspective, why would that happen? Why would there be no enemies well, and then there'd be enemies? Like with Super Metroid, it makes sense, right? She infiltrates the planet well, and nobody's there. And then I, she activates whatever the, what is it? The alarm light thing when she gets the morph ball. And then it makes, so it makes sense from a story perspective. 
I didn't get that far, but we can <laughs> we can probably we can probably put in like a some kind of alarm clock or something like that. I, I think I could think of a scenario where uh we could make sense of that, but I, I have to admit, I, I didn't I didn't make it that far. But I don't think that it's like a impossible or maybe I don't know, maybe there could be enemies and you're just like blitz blitzing through them like super fast or whatever i'm just trying to think of the, like the logistics because i want samus to be a playable character during this but also to have like the team members kind of in and around her so i don't know how all that combat would work if like the the enemies were there maybe they could do it and it would be fine and whatever but um i think that the the important thing is is that we proceed as a team for a little bit um and then we get split up and i think that that's when the game like really kind of gets going yeah you just need to organize the pacing of it, right? Because with Super Metroid, yeah. you literally start, bang, within like a minute, you're fighting Ridley. And then, obviously, the yeah. self-destruct so, sequence, so and then you... Like, Super Metroid's pacing is unparalleled. It's well, it's incredible. near... It's perfect, right? So, yeah. uh, you just have to make sure that you get... Because those first few hours, this is where Reggie was right, they're pretty... They're critical. They're very critical in terms of... Because there's some games where I don't even make it past the first three hours because I'm like, I'm done. And I came so close to giving up on Twilight Princess because of that. But I'm like, no, it's Zelda, so I'll push through this. But yeah, you've got to have good pacing. So you'd need to you'd need to somehow... I don't know if even if you implemented a boss before you even got to where she meets up with the rest of the team or something. Uh, I mean like maybe like this like i said like i didn't i didn't focus on the gameplay so much like i feel like that's kind of like a a 50 foot thing and i'm I'm operating at 100 feet out so um i i'm not uh, i'm digging what you're saying here so far like i think that there's definitely room to like like hone in and like really fine tune and, and structure here but i think the end point that we want to get at is everybody is separate so the next couple the next couple story points i have here are these can be like cutscenes that are intermittent throughout the Metroid game. So like like 30 second cutscenes or or whatever. So like let's just say that like I don't know, five or six hours is passed in this game, like of, of gameplay, and we we are treated to these cutscenes that are interspliced in here. So there's two key things that I want to focus on. First, we meet little birdie. Okay, so <laughs> the little the little white chicken thing with the big tongue or whatever. <sighs> We're gonna keep little birdie in the story, and we're gonna have we're we're gonna make him cool. Okay. Okay. So there could be a couple different cutscenes where you see little birdie, and then you start to to watch it metamorphize. And one thing that I I actually you know I've listened to Dak and a lot of people say that like they hate that they made Ridley a Pokemon, and, and <laughs> I, you know what? I get it, I understand that because it's not it's not great, but I think that like. It's not, again, I think that the idea isn't the worst idea, especially after watching Alien, where, like, you start off with this little face hugger, and then it, you know, bursts out of the chest, and then it grows, and, and it grows into, the, like, this incredible xenomorph. So I'm, I'm basically going to copy that exact premise for Little Birdie, where we're going to see a couple different cutscenes, and we're going to present it as a evolving face hugger. So... We can see it eating and, and being creepy and stuff like that, shedding its skin, and then we can eventually see it make its final metamorphosis into 
this is my code name, Kiwi, don't laugh. Zeno Ridley. Okay, so imagine this like big alien-esque monster that kind of looks like Ridley. Now, here's what we absolutely 100% critically need to do. We need to make sure that this game emphasizes that this is not Ridley. This is a clone of Ridley. It's not Ridley proper. It's it like uh, to me, I thought that was very confusing because I was like, "Oh, Ridley's alive," and he just like, like, is this like a a new Ridley or was this like, is this Ridley reborn or something? I think you need to absolutely make it a hundred percent clear this is a clone of Ridley, and it's not even the same species, but it's the Galactic Federation replicating Ridley as close as they can. I think Ridley think Ridley is only in that game for two reasons. One, they wanted to just shoehorn him in, and two, they needed to find some way of connecting it to metroid fusion in terms of ridley being on what is it called the, the BSL. bsl yeah 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 so how they came up with the idea of little birdie um yeah i mean i somewhat agree with Dak in terms of turning him into a pokemon um <laughs> so yeah that, that's that that could work that could work i mean you're stuck in this position where you have to have him there now because you have to make that well, story work. They wrote themselves into a corner by putting Ridley in Metroid yes. Fusion. Yes. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think that Ridley being in Metroid Fusion isn't like a big deal at all. Oh, I, no. I, I think I, that I, you didn't need to address that. Like, no, like the, the story implications of him being there isn't a big deal at all is what I mean. Like, I, I to me, it's just like, who cares? You know, like, because it, it's not... I mean, there's so many different things that. they could have done. I mean his remains yeah. you know like freezer from dragon ball z or something where his remains or his corpse was somehow survived the explosion or something when zimmer's zimmer's blew up and then the federation exactly. found it and and then they cloned him i don't know there's so many different ways you could you could do it and, and I, I mean like you didn't have to do little birdie know, how many right how many times has this guy come back from life i have no problem with him showing up in fusion but I, I actually, I do want to, I, I think that I'm going to keep the little birdie concept because I, I think that it's, I again, maybe it's because I just watch Alien, but I think that it's like a cool concept where I think that it's pretty critical that you like make the design different. Yes. Like has, the, has... the Ridley in this game looked too much like Ridley, but not enough like Ridley. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that you need to make a clearly mutated monstrous version that like sort of maybe resembles Ridley, but not really you know could you could you do something with ridley where it becomes a little bit like alien isolation where he stalks you around the the bottle ship that would be kind of engaging that would be kind of cool i i don't hate that mm. um yeah that's not a bad idea okay i had something else for ridley that i'll tell you but i i don't hate that at all actually um all right so so i said that there were two things that happened so in the, in the next six hours of gameplay, we're going to see some little birdie cutscenes and, and watch its evolution. We're going to hold off on like the full reveal of Xeno Ridley. But the other thing that we're going to see is cutscenes of the Deleter killing off members of the platoon. And the Deleter could be like disguised somehow. It's a humanoid figure, but it's it's clearly they're, they're disguised in some way, some fashion. So we can see those quick moments where the Deleter just like... Pew, did you, you know, would you even need it? Would you even need to have a cutscene though? You could just be walking along the bottle ship and then you find a corpse. I think, I think a cutscene would be good. Like, but I'm talking about the kind of cutscene where like you don't have to see the actual kill, but like you can, you can watch and then see the deleter sneak up behind Lyle or something like that. And then like 
it cuts away and you can find Lyle and he's like, you know, he's been shot or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like you don't need to graphically see it, but you you see it like implied. Okay. Um, now. Okay. Yep. While all this is, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. Oh. Yep. So while all this is going on, I think that I would go and use a very proud video game trope and tradition to kind of help along the story here. And I would hide voice logs around the bottle ship and maybe even video logs. Yes. And the voice logs will yes. will all belong to Madeline Bergman. And she is the, you know, she's the big cheese on this ship. And she can talk about the little birdie experiment. She can give us insight as to what it is. She can talk about the, the goal of the bottle ship, which is to replicate the space pirate weaponry and use it against them. And she can even hint at having mysterious benefactors. So we're going to get to know Madeline Bergman a little bit more in here. We're going to find out a little bit more about the bottle ship, the voice logs. Yeah. Again, it's, it's a little bit old hat, but I think that they work for a reason. And I think that they would help out in, in telling this story a lot. I agree. I agree. I actually think voice logs or audio logs would be, if, if you implement them right, they could actually be good in a Metroid game, particularly one that's focused on isolation and you can be, yeah. and it can be optional, right? It's not force fed. So uh, you can choose to watch the, the video logs or listen to the audio logs and get some more of the story. I just like, I think of a game like Bioshock Yes. And how effective those were in Bioshock. Like, yep. there's no reason those can't be as effective in Metroid other other M. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so we've got a couple cutscenes of Little Birdie evolving. We've got a couple cutscenes of the Deleter killing off. Let's just, let's say the Deleter kills off every single person except for Adam and Anthony. And we've got some voice logs, maybe video logs with Madeline Bergman giving us a little bit of insight into what is really happening at the bottle ship. So we can skip ahead a little bit. And now we're going to get back to, uh, to Adam and Samus is going to confront Adam and it's finally time for Adam to spill the beans, about what the heck is going on and what his mission is. So Adam says that his mission is to investigate the bottle ship to obtain proof of this bioweapon project. The bottle ship is owned by a subdivision of the galactic federation called and this this is just a name i picked out of a hat splinter cell because they're oh a bad splinter cell of the okay we can work on i was trying to think of like a cool alien reference name but i couldn't so i was like whatever splinter cell's fine <laughs> um so <laughs> we'll rename it later damn it so this the bottle ship is owned by splinter cell a science division of the galactic federation army and the galactic federation proper suspects them of foul play and using bioweapons. So they've sent Adam to investigate. So what this does, Kiwi, is I think that there was a lot of like really big confusion about the Galactic Federation and other M and like, you know, why would Samus trust them and why would she not know about them? And like, I think it, there was that really, there was that video that went around like the other M that never was where they kind of try and translate the fact that like maybe it was a subsection of the Galactic Federation Whatever, we're going to make it very clear that the Galactic Federation and the Splinter Cell faction are separate entities. They're within the general umbrella of the Galactic Federation, but Splinter Cell is the main bad guys here that are working on the bottle ship. The bottle ship is theirs. So I think it's very, very important to make that distinction. Okay. Sorry, I'm just trying not to laugh at Splinter Cell. It's just... Anyway, yeah, keep I going, know. keep going. It's, 
it's 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 not the best it's not the best um are, are you down with that so far by the way just to like yep like yep. I, I know that a lot of people kind of you know rip on the the galactic federation plot do you think that like clearly saying that it's a separate entity helps yeah i think there needs to be a, a definite answer to it yeah okay yep okay um so like i said we we had the voice logs and stuff like that with madeline bergman and uh She's explaining about her role, and, and we can learn a little bit more about Splinter Cell as, as we get more voice logs. Um, and their, you know, their their main aim was to replicate the weapons of the Space Pirates, which includes trying to recreate bosses or species like Ridley, Fantoon, and even Mother Brain herself. So, we're going to get up to the Ridley fight. We're at that point in the game now where we're in the Pyrosphere, and the Ridley fight should be happening, but in my game... It doesn't happen here. In my game, I switch the Ridley fight and the Fantoon fight. Or at least I make the Fantoon fight happen earlier. So, in the Pyrosphere, you're going to have an awesome battle with Fantoon. And the anticipation for for Samus fighting this, you know, monstrous version of, of Ridley keeps growing. And you can even see, like, the final metamorphosis, if you want to, at the end of this Fantoon fight and see... You can finally see Xeno Ridley for the first time, but we're not going to give away that fight just yet. We're going to switch it and put Fantoon here instead. Okay. I'm down with that. So, let's talk about this Ridley fight. So many, um, including myself, by the way, I think that, like, the Samus f just freezing when she sees Ridley and other M was, was one of the worst parts of the game. And, like I said, I think that the general sentiment behind it was okay you know, finally seeing this enemy that you thought was defeated forever and ever and ever, but the execution was really bad. So um, I, I think that the the rationale behind switching this is, uh, you know, you can fight Fantoon, and once you're done, then Zeno Ridley will show up, and you've had this wicked fight against Fantoon. You're barely standing, and Zeno Ridley has just finished metamorphizing, and and it's this monstrous Ridley alien creature. Samus can be terrified and distraught. I have no problem with that, but I do want her to be like, if if anyone can take this thing down, I can. And Xeno Ridley can easily defeat Samus, because Samus is easy prey after this Fantoon fight. And the only thing that saves Samus' life is a well-timed save from Anthony. Um, I think that, like, being afraid, but confronting your fear and, and fighting this battle, even though you, you know you're going to lose, is so much more in tune with the Samus that we know. Would... Would you agree with that? Uh, I don't know about the whole scared thing. I don't know. And like watching Samus in Dread with Kraid, it's just, it doesn't sync up in my mind with the character. I think even if she was going to die, she'd still stand her ground. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm like not, you'd be able to, you'd able, you'd be able to convey it pretty well through body language. None of this, yeah, none of this cutscene with like I a little do... girl or anything like that's just not necessary imagine imagine the opening cutscene with Ravenbeak, where like, like samus is clearly outmatched and, and i think that's the the kind of vibe that i would try and replicate with this yep. xeno ridley fight yeah where, you could do it that like, way you could do I, it that I way don't, yeah like i i really i really don't have a problem with her being like like oh my god like this no this is like the worst timing ever but you know i i'm gonna go down with a bang even if i have to go down and i'm gonna face my fears like i i don't have a problem with that i don't think that samus is a character should never show fear, but I think that what makes her a great hero is, like, she keeps going in spite of that fear. So I, I kind of want to have that kind of vibe going on in this fight here. Yeah, well, she shows her fear in, in the Ravenbeak stuff, in Dread. 
Right. And it's done and it's yeah. done very well, right? Uh yeah. but yeah, you just can't do other M's the other side of the spectrum where it's like this right. is totally wrong in every way. Well, and that's the tough part about this too because like you've got the other M stink that you, that's all you can picture, right? Like you can't it's hard to picture this done in a way that doesn't like yeah, you know that's not that's not bad well, the, because other M was so bad. Well, the other problem is is it it seems to me that they were clearly not catering to the Metroid Prime trilogy as well. Like it's not canon to them, and it's like, well, Samus has already fought this guy multiple times. Not this guy. There's a dragon multiple times now. So why right. would she react that way? It doesn't really make much sense. And you you have to yeah. yeah so it's. And I just think, I think they nailed Samus's character perfectly in Dread. Perfectly. I, like, I, I, I don't mind a little bit more vulnerability for, for Samus. I really don't. Well, you do, uh, you do, you do see Samus's vulnerability in Dread as well. That's the thing. Like, the stuff with Rave, yeah, Raven Beak. I guess, I guess I wouldn't mind even a little bit more, but I, I can see what you're saying. You gotta, I mean, you gotta be so careful. You gotta be so careful how you walk that line. It's a very yeah, it's, yeah it's 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 got to be done right. It's it's a very fine line to walk. Um, well, and that's and that's kind of what I'm saying. Like we're gonna, we're <laughs> gonna assume that this is written right, you know, um, which is probably a tall assumption. But because but I mean, you can say that about any game. Like if the writing isn't right, like everything falls apart. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how good your premise is. Oh yeah, well, like let's say let's take dialogue out of the equation for a second, and you just use body language, right? You don't even show her mm -hmm. face. You yeah. can just see the helmet and and her in the suit there'd still be a way to convey it you could convey fear imagine imagine that you see her her eyes just like go wide at seeing this this like ridley and then all of a sudden she squints and like gets that look on her face or it's like all right let's do it well like, that would be awesome even the um what is it the ridley reveal in smash brothers right like i thought that was all good yeah yep how Ridley just pops yeah. up and then oh, and then yeah. it shows um Samus's eyes and they're yeah, wide open and then Ridley's attacking you know and then he f what does he do he flips the the Mario hat yeah but you could do something like that so there 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 is a way to do this properly yes there is a way it can be done it can be done we just need to make sure that we do it but anyway so Anthony saves Samus and Samus lives to see another day so Anthony and Samus are together now um and they're going to stick together here for just a second and eventually they meet up with Madeline Bergman, who explains that the existence of Splinter Cell and what they were working on. Um, so Madeline reveals that the Space Pirates and Splinter Cell are in league with each other. And Splinter Cell is making bioweapons both for the Galactic Federation, but also for the Pirates, whose leadership and artillery have been decimated after the events of Super Metroid. And uh, Madeline also reveals that Adam Malkovich is the deleter and knew about these experiments. And Samus places Madeline under arrest and asks Anthony to stay with her. And she's going to go find Adam and get to the bottom of this. So one thing that I want to fix right here, right away, is I want to make Madeline a clearly villainous character. Because I feel like like Metroid Other M was very wishy-washy on, you know, is Madeline a good guy, a bad guy? Like, what is she? Um, and, and in my game, she's going to be an antagonistic character that really only cares about her research and stuff like that. Um, so she is clearly going to be a villain. And I should I spoil a part for you or should I just keep going? No, you can. Well, whatever, whatever, whatever you feel. Okay, I, I, it's okay. I, I'll, I won't spoil it. But um, yeah, so the Space Pirates and Splinter Cell are in league. Uh, 
and Splinter Cell and the Galactic Federation are also in league. So this Splinter Cell group is kind of like a double agent here that is aiming to help both the Galactic Federation and the Space Pirates. So we, uh, and we've got Adam potentially as the deleter. And this is actually a subplot of Other M that I liked where they tease that Adam was in fact the bad guy. And, and I think that, again, I liked the premise of that. Just the payoff was garbage. So... I think I'm going to take another stab at it. What, what do you think so far with this? Are you, are you still with me? It depends on what the spoiler territory is. So you'll have to keep going, and then I can come back okay. to it and be like, yeah or nah. <laughs> okay, all the pressure. We're getting into the final, the home stretch here. So this is where the pressure ramps up. Here we go. Samus will work her way through the bottle ship, eventually stumbling across Sector Zero, where she learns a terrible secret Splinter Cell is working on two joint projects, a Metroid breeding program and an AI program that can control the Metroids in the same fashion that Mother Brain did. The bottle ship houses the AI program, while the breeding program is on another ship, which, spoilers, is the BSL. Um, so, I want to I want to do this just to make it very clear that, like, because I think that a lot of people complain that Other M's plot of having a Metroid breeding program is kind of a ripoff of Fusion. And it is. It's very derivative. So I at least want to explain why there might be some overlap and similarities. Um, and, and try and explain that away a little bit. I don't know how successful I am in that with my joint projects here. But I think that that's probably the best that you can do in the framework of this. Um, and it's also worth noting that, that I, there is not going to be a Metroid in sight in my other other M game. So, yeah, that's that's where we're at. I know that that's a little bit flimsy, I admit, but I think the framework really kind of ties you down there. Okay, all right, we'll we'll go with that. I would personally okay. prefer that you write the entire third act again and just oh god completely change it. Okay, well here right. But here anyway, I keep well, going. Uh, okay, it's it's changed. So okay. We are in Sector Zero, and now Adam confronts Samus in Sector Zero, and he admits that he had suspicions about what was going on at the bottle ship. He was involved in some kind of experiment where he and other high-ranking Galactic Federation officials had artificial intelligence programs created based on their personalities. He had a bad feeling about it and set out to find out what was happening, which led him to the bottle ship. Samus and Adam learn of an advanced AI codenamed MB who was modeled after Mother Brain, but put into the body of an android that was an identical body to Madeline Bergman. They learn that this AI developed a personality and sees camera footage of MB killing Madeline Bergman and the rest of the officials on the bottle ship. So Samus now realizes that the Madeline that they were talking to earlier is in fact MB and has been the deleter this whole time. Ooh. There we go. So we... I'm I'm streamlining the deleter storyline and the MB reveal because I feel like those work better if they're just one and the same. Um, I really do because, like I said, there was no payoff to the deleter storyline. It was just dropped when you introduced MB, and uh, at least at this point we can establish that like MB just like clearly went nuts and killed everybody on the ship. So she is the only survivor. To me, it was like unfathomable that Madeline Bergman was like kept in a cell in metroid other m and still alive somehow i just i didn't buy that at all yeah i don't even remember that part that's how terrible it was um 
yeah, okay, well, we can go with this. We just have to make sure that MB has access to the same uh, Federation attire that all the others wear if this person's going around and just killing off the team. Oh, I... No, she she can, like... So, I, I again, I think that this is a little bit more in-depth, but I think that she could have that access. But also, like, she's an artificial intelligence, so she's kind of got, like, control of the ship, too. So maybe you could do some, like, creative kills where, like, she moves the ship or something like that. I don't know. I didn't really think about it that far. But, um... Okay. Once we're... We're going to cut to a scene here that's going to break your heart. Are you ready for yep. this? So, since since we now know that Madeline, quote-unquote Madeline, is actually this evil android MB, Samus and Adam learn a horrible truth. They left MB alone with Anthony. And so we're going to cut to a scene and MB is going to easily break out of her restraints and she is going to kill Anthony. Right there, right then. Yep. Boom. Boom. I think that's great for as an emotional beat. Yes. I think it is too, because I think almost to a person, I feel like everybody says that like, well, other M maybe wasn't the best. I don't know anybody that doesn't like Anthony. I thought he was one of the best parts of that game. Maybe the best part. Uh, and to see him go, that that gives heat to MB. That kind of ups her villainous, I feel yep, like. Yep, totally. So... Here we go, um, and I'm gonna I'm about to fix another big schmozzle of other M right here. So upon realizing this, Samus and Adam are trying to race out of Sector Zero because they know that Anthony is in trouble. But they are ambushed by none other than Zeno Ridley. So we are going to have a monstrous boss fight with Zeno Ridley, and that was one of the the true crimes that that this game committed was that you never got to fight Ridley again after the game was teasing and building up to it so much. He was just killed off by the Queen Metroid. So we're going to have that fight, and we're also going to have it in Sector Zero, which we also never got to visit in the original Other M. So we're kind of killing off a couple birds with one stone here, and we're going to kill off a third bird here. So after the fight, realizing that Xeno Ridley is basically unbeatable. So after the fight, Rid Ridley is down but not out. He's clearly not defeated, but he's just stunned for a moment. Sam or Samus is going to talk to Adam and Adam is going to order her out of sector zero. He's going to stay behind and he is going to, uh, whatever he does, like detach the sector zero from the ship and it's going to explode, which is a much, much, much better death than the one that he got in the actual other M game where he shot Samus in the back and went into the sector zero or whatever. Like I thought that that was garbage. This I think is cool. Like, they're battling this monster that they know that they have to defeat. They know that they can't beat him. And the only way is to banish him to the vacuum of space. So we have a good death for Adam here. And a good death for the Xeno Ridley after an awesome fight. Okay. So how does Ridley end up on BSL then? Uh, I I don't know. And frankly, I don't care. <laughs> I, I just don't think that that's a big deal at all. Like maybe there's another little birdie well, that's on that. Well, ship. the thing like, is, if it's not really a big deal in, the, in terms of that, but if he's if Ridley's on the BSL and Adam's not on the BSL, it's kind of weird. I, you know, I just I really don't I really don't think it's a big deal that he ends up on the BSL because like how many times did this guy come back to life? You know, and like how many like different mecha versions of him are there like i know i, I know I, but I the know. whole point he's even in other m is because of that reason 
That's the thing. They had to shoehorn well, him in to connect the dots. So, but that it still doesn't really connect the dots. How he's in? I guess they could have went to the bottle ship and took him off and put him on the BSL. I just I feel like that's just like such a small like who cares kind of a detail that like you could you could just come up with any reason. I feel like yeah, like how was he in the BSL? They had a second little birdie. How about that? <laughs> okay. Well, and hey, yeah, with like, that, that being said, they don't really explain how Craig got to um, ZDR. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I, I, to me, I'm just like, whatever. Like, <laughs> who cares? Okay. All right. Um, okay. So, so Zeno Ridley is gone. Adam is dead. Anthony is dead. There are no survivors right now from the, uh, from Adam's strike team. Everyone is gone. And Samus will go and meet up with MB. And after saying that, uh, MB is going to have like a little bit of a, a monologue here. She can say that, uh, she resents her creators, and that's why she wanted to destroy them. Whatever. Um, Samus and MB have an incredible boss battle where, you know, MB, I feel like, can use, like, the bottle ship's artillery to also fight against Samus because she is an AI. I think that you can have, like, a wicked boss battle using that, which is another another sin of Other M is that you don't get to fight MB. You have that, like, really weird final boss battle where you're, like, stuck and she's stuck in one place and there's all these galactic federation guys in there and like you have to shoot her in the head do you remember that um vaguely uh, vaguely it, yeah it was like super super weird and it, it like it wasn't really a boss battle but it was the last playable thing that you did in the game it, it just sucks so like we're gonna have like a, a legit boss battle here like a, a real battle samus versus mb and um samus is going to destroy the android body but realizes that she needs to destroy the bottle ship to truly eliminate the artificial intelligence that is mb mm. so samus can either activate the self-destruct she can pilot it towards a star she can whatever we'll keep that escape sequence at the end where like she can run out and get to her ship and we end the game with samus as the sole survivor she has no proof of the events of the bottle ship so she can't take it to the galactic federation but she knows that she needs to keep a very close eye on the Galactic Federation to see how much uh, involvement they knew or they had, how much they knew, and if there's any remnants of the Splinter Cell organization left to weed out. Um, and then you can even throw in a post-game scene where you can see like the restricted zone of the BSL and that has the Metroid program still and you can see that same shadowy figure and say uh i don't know something to set up the events of metroid fusion maybe something about the ai adam or something like that but that's where we end that's where we end what do you think of metroid other other M? infinitely better yes i will i will well done ah, okay. well done well done so <laughs> kiwi I'm, i made a list of quick fixes what i felt like my story draft fixed here i'm gonna i'm gonna read them out. okay my litter the first actual thing is like we're going to assume the actual dialogue is both written and performed better. If I need to, I will write it out myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, if okay, I don't actually want to do yeah. that. But well, the thing is, you can actually write dialogue, and it can be good. But if if the voice act is not directed properly, it's still going to be terrible. Like I don't know, I don't know who directed the um, the localization actors for the American dialogue. But I mean, I don't know. They probably had they probably it. had a combination of bad dialogue. Or, yeah, or maybe a bad voice actor, or they they were just 
not good at directing. <laughs> a voice I, actor. I think it's more the directing rather than the talent. Cause like, I felt like Adam was fine. I felt like MB was fine. I mean, really it was just Samus. That was so bad. Um, well, her so character, I, I her character was for... written wrong as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was just yeah. a, a cacophony of bad things. A perfect yeah. storm. So I, of, I don't place the blame yeah. on the voice actress. Like I, I think that she probably did exactly what she was instructed to do, yep. which, you know, that's tough. Um, but so we got that. So this draft fixes the, I think like the, one of the biggest sins that other M does is like constantly set us like sets up boss battles with the deleter or with Ridley or with MB and never delivers on any. So we're going to fight all three here. Um, I think that we fix the Ridley scene in this. Um, we eliminate the chance encounter with Adam and his team, which seemed a little bit far-fetched for my liking. Um, you know, we have one payoff to the deleter and MB storyline, like kind of weave those two tales together instead of them being separate and a little bit, uh, hokey pokey. Um, I don't know how successful this was or not, but I think that at least this tries to not replicate the Metroid Fusion storyline so much and try and make it at least a little bit more complimentary. Although I, you know, I do admit this one was tough within the confines of the premise. Um, totally. It also explains how you got an Atom AI and why it would be uploaded. Um, it establishes the new creature definitively is not Ridley, um, it, I, I think that it allows MB to cast a more reasonable suspicion on Adam because he knows of this AI stuff and it eliminates any survivors that might, you know, might, uh, testify, I guess, if you will, against the Galactic Federation, because at the end of other M you have Anthony and you have Madeline Bergman that are alive and well. So it's like, why did nobody face consequences for this? Yeah, totally. So I, I think that there's a, a decent list of fixes. Here. Yep. I agree. I agree. And the thing is, this the story, even if the story had been terrible in Other M, if the gameplay had been good, I don't think it would have got as much heat. But when you combine the gameplay with the story, it's just, yeah, it's a it's a major misfire. So at, this, at, at least this is a serviceable story. I can, get I, can, I, I can get behind it. Now, the execution of it, that's a different thing. The gameplay elements of the game, you'd have to... You, obviously, that needs to be completely rewritten or redone, I should say. But that's a, that's a, that's a podcast for another day. Yep, I agree. I, and I think you're right, actually. I think that if the story... I think if the story was good, that people would really look at this fondly. Because I don't think that the gameplay was, like, that bad. I think that it was kind of awkward at times but it, you get used to it it's not like that it's not the killer i don't think of this game and but conversely i i feel like if this if this game had like this story but let's say metroid dreads gameplay you would also look at it a lot more fondly but yeah, to your point unfortunately it has neither and it's just kind of a you know a, a storm of bad ideas yeah i think that i think that this story at least you know at least makes it a little bit I don't know, a, a little bit better while, you know, kind of keeping the same general premise because, you know, I, I'll say this until I die. Like, I, I really do think that this game did have potential. There were a lot of cool themes here. It's just, you know, the execution was bad. Very bad. And it's even more apparent because Nintendo rarely ever misfires. So when they do, it, it blows up into this massive thing. And then you combine that with Federation Force after it and it just makes... 
And it's just like, oh, it all started here. <laughs> well, I feel like Federation Forest was more tone deaf than anything else. Oh, like, yeah, that was you just know, if, wrong place, wrong time, wrong system, right. if that wrong game graphic came out style. This year, yeah. It would be okay. Yeah, Federation Force. Look, it's actually not a bad game. I think if you just released it on the Switch, you'd got rid of the stupid chibi art style. It would have been yeah. serviceable. And I don't think people would have gotten angry at it. But it was... Yeah, it was... Wrong place, wrong time? Yep, totally. Yeah. But, hey, Metroid's um, in a good place now, thanks to Dread. All right, so so you're buying Metroid Other Other M? Do we have a final verdict on that? Yes, based on the story, Yes. Okay, yep. I'll take that. Yep. I, I like it. Um, well, there you go. That's that's my story draft. I want everybody to let me know uh, what you think, if you like my premise, if you don't, what you might change, what we could improve, stuff like that. Um, Kiwi, you just had a, a new podcast come out, didn't you? Yeah, former Retro Studios guy. Uh, he worked he worked there on Donkey Kong Country Returns, Tropical Freeze, and Mario Kart 7. He did. He did. Um, he did. Didn't really m- mention anything about Metroid because he didn't work on it. But he did go a little into the Metroid Easter eggs in the Donkey Kong games. Nice. So, but yeah, but I still have some more Metroid Prime Retro Studios developers in the pipeline. I just don't want to give any specific people or days or anything because, yeah, it's it's all about scheduling. There you go. Well, thank you, sir, for, for coming on and uh, talking Other M with me today. I know it's not what you wanted to talk about, <laughs> but I, I told you I was going to get you at the end. So I'm a man of my word. And, well done. Uh, you should definitely you should definitely check out Kiwi's uh, YouTube channel. The guy's pumping out uh, interviews that are that are being covered everywhere. I saw you on um, Game Explain this morning. They were tweeting at you. And, of course, IGN, Kotaku. You're, you're a busy man, Kiwi. You're doing great. Oh, I appreciate it. And it's it's all because of you guys, because I have so much support from the gaming community, the Metroid community especially. So because you guys support it so much, I'm able to do it. Because the more the more the more support it gets, the easier it is to leverage that to get guests. Because they see they go. see how far it reaches. So you guys yeah. are the most important part. There you go. Check out Kiwi over on YouTube. Subscribe, of course, and uh, check him out over on Twitter at Kiwi Talks. Uh, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, we're going to get out here, and we want you to check us out over on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod at Spateri316, and check out the Omega Metroid Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, all that jazz. Check out the website. We got walkthroughs, we got guides, we got editorials, we got tons of cool different stuff over there. Um, including all of Kiwi's interviews, by the way, that are hosted on the website. So you definitely need to go check those out if you haven't already. Lots of good information there for Metroid fans to sink their teeth into. Um, Until next week, everybody, take care.